and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Hi, Love Savers listeners. This is Keith Davis, the proprietor of the Golden Pear Cafes. As I enter my 30th year of marriage, I encourage you to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom for your marriage, for He is the one who can help you day by day in building a lifetime of peace, joy, fond memories, and a beautiful family. When Anne walked into the Golden Pear to apply for a job as Golden Pear's first pastry chef, I had no idea that God had brought my future wife and mother of our three children literally to my front door. But that is exactly what he did. And although we have had our challenges and ups and downs, God has richly blessed our marriage and he gets the glory for our 30 years together. So I encourage you to seek God's will and use Love Savers as a resource to improve and bless your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. Do you love me? Will you love me forever? Today's guest author is Debbie Cunningham. She wrote the book Dancing in the Kitchen. As a jazz recording artist, Debbie Cunningham has entertained couples with songs of love and romance for more than a decade. Married to her high school sweetheart for more than 30 years and unwilling to sit idly by while divorce rates climb in today's society. She began writing songs about the journey and celebration of committed love. Sandy talks with Debbie Cunningham today about her book, Dancing in the Kitchen, Hope and Help for Staying in Love. Let's listen. We're going to discuss your wonderful book, Dancing in the Kitchen, Hope and Help for Staying in Love. Could you tell me why you decided on that title. Where did you get it from? Dancing in the Kitchen. It sounds like Absolutely. Fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm a jazz recording artist, and my latest album is called A Million Kisses, and the title song has a line in the bridge that says, I want a million kisses kind of love. The kind that dances in the kitchen Oh, when skies are turning gray And so that just seemed appropriate Because the book is very lighthearted About recapturing lightheartedness in your marriage And so that's why we chose to use it Very good What prompted you to write a book about staying in love in marriage? Well, I've been married 32 years So I know that challenges that uh, any relationship can bring and I have sung to couples you know for many decades about love and romance and I've seen a lot of 
couples falling out of love. A lot of, of our friends have gotten divorced. I'm a child of divorce. And so I know how difficult it can be. And I just saw what was happening around me and really wanted to encourage couples and, and give them tools to build a better relationship um, and build lasting love. Sounds like a good idea, and it certainly is needed. <laughs> what can people expect to find in Dancing in the Kitchen? Well, it's a book of, of concepts, of, of tricks and strategies uh, that different couples have used to, to go deeper in their relationship, to build a deeper connection even as they move through the years and uh, cultivate lasting love. But it's also interviews. And people's stories um, of couples that went through really difficult things or just ordinary things and how they went through those difficult times and stayed together. Um, even There's even a story of a military couple who went through what they called a roommate season where they just felt like they were more roommates than they were lovers. And so, you know, how they worked through that. And there's a story of an arranged marriage and how they didn't even know each other at first. But they married first and then fell in love as the years went on, how they built that love. And then there's other stories of couples that have gone through difficulty, infertility, infidelity, uh, my own stories of my daughter having open heart surgery. And then my we lost several family members back to back and the grief that that brought and the imbalance in our relationship and just how we work through that uh, to keep cultivating that greater love. Yes. Um, how did that couple, that military couple you talked about, who felt they were just roommates, how did they work their way through that? What were some of the tools they used? Well, one of the things that, first of all, you have to communicate because right. the, it kept building up and it kept building up the loneliness and the resentment and the distance kept building up in their relationship. Military couples have a little bit of a greater difficulty in that frequently one of the spouses is deployed right. for you know a season of time and you really have to work at staying connected during those deployments and sometimes... It's easier in this day and age, but sometimes it's still hard depending on where they're located. And, and so when you come back together, though, it's very difficult because you almost have to reconnect after you've been apart. And so what they did was, number one, they communicated. And, they, and her husband actually was the one who brought it up and said, you know, we're, we're so distant. Like we're not even, it's like we're just passing each other in the night. And he said, I sometimes got to change. And so they started going out on a date night, and she is the one who didn't want it. He did. Yeah. He said, we need to have time carved away from our son and our work schedules and everything else that's just for the two of us, and we need to have fun together again. And so that was the biggest thing that they did was they began to talk. They began to go out away from the home and have fun together like they did when they dated to begin to build that relationship again. Adding a little romance, right? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us more about those hard seasons you faced and how you got through them? 
Absolutely. Um, our daughter had open heart surgery uh, when she was three years old, but we found out when I was eight months pregnant with my son. And then, so we had to have the baby get born, and then they waited a little longer for the surgery because, about six months, because it was flu season and they didn't want to do heart surgery during that time. It was very difficult because we did not know if she was going to live or die. We had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping. He was also very sickly. And uh, my husband traveled some during that time. And we just, it was hard. We were just exhausted and short-tempered with one another and 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 stressed. And, and I went to see a doctor because I actually started having chest pains myself during that season. And I think it was just the overwhelmment of everything. And so we did a heart checkup and he said, you're fine, but you're stressed. And he said, one of the things you need to do is learn to have fun. Even in the stressful seasons, you have to learn to connect as husband and wife. Even just going out with another couple and laughing. Laughter is good medicine, scripture says. And and it's so important, right, that we do that with one another. Yes. Yeah. So we really made that a priority. We really made having fun together a priority, and that helped lighten the load. It doesn't make all the problems go away, yeah. but of course, it helps lighten the load of what you're dealing with. You know, we try to stay communicative to one another. We tried to have that one-on-one time, even through that hard season, and we had to learn to forgive every day and to be intentionally kind, knowing that we both were struggling because we were both facing the possible loss of a child. Yeah, and that was a heavy emotional load. Oh, yeah. So you had to keep that face-to-face contact to stay connected. You talk about, throughout the book, staying connected. That's one of the most important things, staying connected. Everything you do and the tools you give us are to really stay connected. Is it really possible to have fun when you're going through difficult things with your spouse? I think it is, but I think you have to be really intentional. And one of the things I've encouraged couples to do when they ask me is that you have to kind of shelve the difficulty um, and you have to go have fun. Like if you're struggling in your marriage, you need to go out on a date night and not talk about the issues because they're going to be there tomorrow. And you need to really investigate and find what you enjoy doing together. Now, for instance, a friend of mine and her husband, um, he had had an affair. And so they had a lot to work through. And of course she, he moved out of the house and they both were seeing a counselor and it was, it was several months until they were able to come back together and be in the same house. So obviously in that season, they were just dealing with the aftermath of what had happened. But God began to, as he brought them back together, one of the things they did was learn to have fun again and to take that time and laugh. Because one of the things she said was, is she had a friend of hers had noticed that He was having fun with other people, but he wasn't having fun with her because she was serious all the time. And it's just easy for there to be an imbalance. And if you think about our relationships when we get before we get married, we fall in love with someone as we date them and we have fun together. And then we get married and we do all these responsibilities together and that can weigh you down. 
And there's a lot of stress with right. if you raise a family or your jobs or maybe your extended families. If there's especially midlife couples are caring for their aging parents and it can really there's just so much divorce in midlife because we forget to be intentional about really carving that fun and lightheartedness out in our relationship and making it a priority it drops to the bottom of the of the priority list and i think it's just really really important to be intentional yes you have to deal with the issues but i do believe even when you're struggling or in a hard season with your spouse even if you can go do join a club together or go do take dance lessons for instance that's something you do together that you don't really have to talk um but you're learning an activity together or you can learn to golf i mean learn to play tennis there's so many things where you're just there's a connecting point that's outside of the struggle for you and i think that's what's key right like a cheerful heart in Proverbs 17, right? A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a downcast yes. spirit dries up the bones. It's it's a riot that you mention. Listen to a comedian you like, because sometimes <laughs> at the end of the evening, Walter, my husband, will go through YouTube, and there are all uh-huh. different subjects, and invariably he'll turn on a comedian to listen to, and we do laugh. I never thought of how important that is or can be to a relationship to keep you laughing together. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good idea. What stage of marriage is this book for? Well, initially when I wrote the book, I really thought it was for midlife marriage. You know, that was my, the person I was writing to, because that's where I was. And those were the people I was talking to. But what I found is people have been emailing me and telling me that they're giving this book to their, you know, their daughters that are getting married now or a cousin or a nephew. And, and they're giving it, so they're giving it to this earlier generation to get so that they can have more wisdom as they move into these struggles. Because when you get married, you don't know the struggles you're going to face. And when you get there, you think, oh, we must be doing something wrong. But the truth is, all marriages have struggle of some kind. And we just have to learn how to navigate it. It really isn't greener on the other side of the fence because everybody has some kind of struggle. And so it's just learning to navigate the struggles with your spouse and find joy with them as you go through it. Right. What takeaways to change would you say that we get from your book? Well, I think obviously we've talked about prioritizing fun and laughter because I do think, especially in midlife marriage, we've kind of forgotten how to do that and we kind of need to reinvent that. Um, intentional kindness if you recall when you first get married you know you're you kind of over gloss over you first fall in love you gloss over all those little things that are annoying because you're so starry-eyed but when we get married we start nitpicking those little things you know yeah and i think if you can kind of reach back into your heart and really look at okay how could i be intentionally kind to my spouse as i once was you you think nothing of bringing them a cup of coffee or you know, you grab them in the kitchen when they come home and you hug them and quick kiss on the cheek. You do that a lot when you first fall in love and it kind of wanes by the, the wayside as we go through. And then forgiving the small things, 
I know for me, one of the things I had to really focus on is so easy for me to be annoyed by little things. And yeah. I really had to learn to go, okay, would this thing that's getting under my skin right now, for whatever reason, would it really bother me if I knew my husband only had six months to live? And usually the answer yeah. is no. Yeah. That's how I gauge it a lot of times. If it's a bigger issue, of course you have to deal with those things. But but then you deal with those things. But I'm talking a lot of relationships dissolve because we're so nitpicky about these little things. And so that's how I do it. I think about it that way. And usually it's easier for me to let those things go. And then having gratitude, you know, for, for the relationship, for as far as you've come, if you can look back and see that you've, you know, all the years you've had just being grateful for what you can be grateful for in the moment. I mean, I used to get angry, you know, dishes that didn't get in the dishwasher or, you know, little things like that. That are just little things, but they pile up when you're tired and exhausted and, and you, then you feel frustrated and put upon. But I remember stopping one day and going, you know what? Thank you, God, that I have enough food that we have dirty dishes and that I have a family that makes dirty dishes because there are people without a family and without food. And I think if we can shift our frustrations into a mindset of gratitude, even when we're going through stuff, um, then it goes a long way in just breeding joy in our relationship and healing. Right. Um, tell me the funny names you thought. Like you say that we shouldn't be critical, and you said sometimes you can get yourself <laughs> laughing with funny names. <laughs> By naming the behavior like critical Callie or yes. gracious oh, Grace yeah. or whatever, right? Would you talk to yeah. us about that, please? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always minding my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes I do get critical. I really realize I'm having a critical spirit about something. And I kind of go, okay, yeah, I see that that wasn't done. But you know what? I think I'm going to have Grace today. And I... And, I just name those attitudes for myself and I realize, you know, owning up to those faults in myself or those flaws or sin nature, whatever you want to call it, and realize, and I kind of lighten the load by laughing at myself and going, you know what, it is true, there's dishes on the counter or there's clothes on the floor, but you know what, I'm going to have grace today because I want someone to extend me that grace and really intentionally doing that for others and it starts at home and we forget so that's really the funny thing there right what do you have to say about that phrase they lived happily ever after is it just a fantasy or what would you say <laughs> well there is a section of the book that I talk about this and I say yes. you know they live happily ever after but nobody sees what happens behind closed doors yeah. nobody sees the arguments they have about in-laws or or clothes on the floor or even disagreements about sex or work or whatever it is that's happening in their life or how many kids to have I mean or finances I mean it's really it it can be happily ever after, but it doesn't just happen. It actually takes intention and work, a lot of forgiveness and prayer. Um, so, yes, I do believe that. I've been married 32 years to my high school sweetheart. Um, we dated five years before that. And so we've been together a long time, But and we love each other dearly. But we still have to work through stuff, you know, because we're human. And, and it's, it's really important to do that. But we have a lot of laughter, too. 
Yes. Now, most of your songs, I mean, the whole purpose is really focused on a long-time committed love. Would you share with us that transformation that goes on in committed love? What exactly does that staying in love mean? What does it look like? You fall in love. And then stuff happens, and you have to forgive the little things. You know, my song "Do What Lovers Do" is about um, staying connected and cultivating romance. Um, uh, "Kiss and Make Up" is a song I wrote about, again, you know, forgiving the little things and not throwing the bulk of your relationship away just to for this one thing and holding a grudge. Um, anniversary song. It, it weaves through life of forgiveness and celebration for like your anniversary and remembering to celebrate. And the intention of staying in love is the song about stay called "Stay in Love" on my album. You know, and but there's a lot of and there's a lot of lightheartedness in there too, reminding ourselves that we always knew there would be days like this. People say. You're going to have days like this. And we forget about that in our marriage. And we just, instead of focusing on the negative, just flipping it to the positive of going, you know what? Tomorrow's another day and we can start. So that's really the, the, the album, A Million Kisses, about that transformation of falling in love to the intention of staying in love through those songs. Right. You know, you talk a lot about God and how important the Lord is in your walk to keep that staying in love going and to pray to God. As the Lord says, we should be praying without ceasing, like talking to him all the time. And he says in his word, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives us generously what we want, right? And... So, what would you say about faith? You mentioned something about that, the kind of faith we should pray for. Well, we, all through the book, of course, um, we talk about faith in God because I'm a believer and I, uh, I follow God. And all of the couples that I interviewed who went through really difficult things, every single one of them said their faith was part of connecting them during those difficult seasons. And I think that we forget that he's a God of miracles and that yes. he's a God that can do anything. But we do have to have two surrendered hearts. You know, even yes. one person can make a difference in surrendering their heart to God in a struggle, in a marriage that has struggled. But I really believe that if we ask him to lead and guide us how to love our spouse better, that he'll show us that because his desire is for us to love well and to have healing in our relationships and to reflect his glory in our relationships. Yes. What kind of philosophy should we have regarding winning and losing in arguments? <laughs> That's a hard question. Yes. But, you know, um, I think it's better to be kind than to be right, is my heart of hearts. I think sometimes we can get stuck on being right, and it can do a lot more damage. You know, if everybody can kind of lay their swords down and go, hey, 
let's communicate, let's figure out what's going to be best for both of us in this situation, because it's not about one spouse. It's about a husband and a wife, both in this relationship, side by side, equally as God created them. And, and I think that it's really easy to spiral downward if we get stuck on just being right all the time. That's right. You both have to find a way of getting enthusiastic agreement so you're both yeah. so it's a win win rather right. than anybody losing. Yeah. You know, you mentioned and it's so interesting because we were just watching a film last night um that got a lot of awards at the Oscars and it was about marriage. And you mentioned movies in your book, the kind that we should maybe watch that would help us and um you know, having a good model for marriage. And um, believe it or not, at Christmas, we watched A Wonderful Life. It's a wonderful life again. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And so what other ones do you um, want to mention to oh, our listeners gosh. that they could take a look at? Well, um, of course, the King's Speech I love. It's a difficulty oh, yes. that he goes through, but his wife is the one who helps him get oh, through that difficulty. Yes. so supportive. You know? Yes. And then uh, there's a movie called Breathe, uh, which I just watched last year or, or a year or two ago. Uh -huh. But it's an amazing true story about a wife and how she loves her husband through a really serious, significant illness. And, and without her, he would have had no quality of life. And it's an amazing story. You also mentioned date life and extraordinary and fireproof. Yes. And um, Raymond and... Who? <laughs> oh, the bride, Ramona, Ramona and Beezus. Yeah, yeah. One of my it. one of my friends recommended that, and I didn't know. I haven't read seen that one, oh, but yeah. she said that it was a great marriage relationship. Yeah. And I think that filling our, I think we need to think about what we fill our minds with in regard to relationship. Thank you so much for this wonderful book, Dancing in the Kitchen. And would you please give us your website so our listeners will know where they can get your book and other resources? Yes. So if you go to debbiecunningham.net, um, that's where you'll find my book and all my music. But if you go to debbiecunningham.net forward slash music, you can get a free download of the chocolate song. I did fix that today. Thank you so very much, Debbie. And we're going to play one of your songs now, and I'll just say goodbye and God bless. Thank you so much okay. for having me. All right, bye now. Do you love me? Will you love me forever? Take the time to ask what lies behind the mask. Do you love me? Will you love me forever? Try to work things out. Don't get mad and proud. Do you love me? Will you
Days when we lose our way. 